Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to divest from capitalism and the norms of modern work and step into the soulful calling of these times we live in, which includes the call to rekindle our relationship with the earth. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friend, and welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. We are currently in Leo season. We're in the height of the summer in the Northern Hemisphere and in the still uh, dark depths of the winter in the Southern Hemisphere. And it's been a minute since I've been with you, and I just want to share that I have been doing some traveling. I got back recently from a trip to southwestern England uh, to the county of Devon, and I was participating in what's called a wilderness vigil. And this was put on by the West Country School of Myth and the amazing team there. And that school was founded by Martin Shaw and is kind of based on his work. And I've mentioned him many times. He's one of my favorite authors and thinkers alive right now. And it was really a bucket list (laughs) chance to go do this vigil with their team. And a wilderness vigil is uh, also known in some ways as a vision quest. Um, I really appreciate the way that their team approaches it. It feels a little more resonant for me, a little more grounded. Um, And it was important to me to go to old lands, old places. Um, Part of this choosing this experience or being chosen by it was to reconnect to a line of heritage that has felt lost and mysterious to me. And I wanted to go to the UK to, you know, closer to Wales, where some of my family is from, and just see if it felt different. Um, And so I made this long journey to London and then down into Devon, and met up with the team there and me and five other people were there for this vigil and we had about a day and a half at the base camp with our three guides and we're just sort of preparing for the experience and then we entered into the vigil which is a four-day fast alone in the woods we find a spot um, and we go to listen (laughs) and pray and uh, surrender to the the big, big wild forces that are out there. And so there's no tent. I slept under a tarp on a sleeping pad. Uh, the weather was rough at times. It really took me down, down into the core of something. Um, and as much as I wish I could share more about the experience, it's still very much percolating. It's still very new. And also our guides have asked us not to disclose the heart of it and the heart of our learnings and experiences for a year, um, which makes a lot of sense to me now that it really does need that much time to ground in and make sense and integrate. So it was a transformative, vast, profound, and very difficult experience. And while I can't talk about the specific um, learnings or experiences that I had out there, it absolutely will inform my work going forward. And I'm really excited to 
just deepen with you and get engaged in new conversations and with new ideas and bring some of that forward into your life. You know, the vigil, they're very clear that the vigil is not just about us. It's also about making culture and bringing it back into the community and that it is sort of a lost experience if it doesn't take on a life in our day to day. So that's absolutely part of my mandate now. (laughs) But I just wanted to let you know that that happened and that, uh, you know, I'm different, the work will be different in subtle ways, probably at first. um, And that if you feel called to something like that, I'm happy to tell you more about my experience and um, what it was like and how you might find your own way there. What I want to bring forward today is uh, some thinking about uh, new perceiving about this time in the wheel of the year, which in the Northern Hemisphere is you know, the height of the summer season. The sun is in the sign of Leo. It's also coming up upon uh, a time in the eight-part wheel, eight wheel of the year, uh, a holiday called Lugnasa. And Lugnasa is a time when my ancestors, perhaps yours, people in the Northern Hemisphere a long time ago, particularly those of the Celtic tradition, which sort of spanned, you know, the continent of Europe. Um, But these people would have honored this halfway point between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. It's a time when especially the holiday is sort of named after the Irish sun god Lug, and it was a time to celebrate the first harvest. It would have been when the first grains were coming in. Um, you could sort of tell at this point what your what the larger harvest was going to be if you'd have enough for the coming winter. Um, and it's also a time of heat, right? Like the, the sun is in the sign of Leo, which is a fixed sign. It's a fire sign. So we're talking about fixed fire, fixed heat. It's not moving. It's sort of dialed in and stable. And in astrology, Leo is often corresponding to the heart and major vital organs. Um, So we could also talk about fixed heart. What does it mean to live from a place of stable heart? Um, and our friends in the Southern hemisphere, you know, the sun is in the sign of Leo, but the light is growing. And so we can also think about sort of moving beyond the winter solstice and the light kind of stabilizing and and getting larger. So all of that is happening on the same planet at once, which is beautiful and complex and just as it should be. So today I want to talk about some of these themes and how you can weave in fixed heart and fixed fire and uh, harvest into your life right now. Before I dive in, I just want to remind you that if you are moving through a time of big change in your life and reassessing what you do for work, how you support yourself, the gifts that you're bringing forward in your life, then I just want to remind you that I do work with people one-on-one through meaningful transitions like that. Generally, I work with people for about six months to a year. Some of them are leaving a career path or a way of working behind. Some are have been in that process and are having trouble creating the new. Some people want to explore what their gifts and talents really are and what it means to dig into their good work. 
all of the people I support and myself included are trying to navigate capitalism while staying really true to our place in this web of life and sort of finding creative ways to live and have the material needs met while also honoring our soulful callings right now. Um, So the process includes 12 sessions. One of those is a tarot reading, um, text and email support throughout. It's a really strong container for your deep change. So if you have been trying on your own to make shifts and it's just not really sticking or feeling a little harder than maybe it needs to be, then I would love to talk with you if my work resonates. And you can learn more about that at awildnewwork.com. And I'll put that link in the show notes too. So now I will share our opening invocation and we can dive in. So wherever you are, you can take a deep breath. Just feeling your body and space and time wherever you are right now, whatever's going on around you. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures that we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. Okay, so if you don't walk the wheel of the year, which is absolutely fine, I just want to give a little reminder that this is a map of the eight major seasonal holidays or gateways in the Celtic tradition. And it's not really, uh, it's certainly not limited to the Celtic tradition. These are the like specific names of the holidays, but most, if not all, I I don't know, but many indigenous peoples would mark the cycles of the seasons. They just may have had different names for them. The seasons are different across the globe. So what my Irish ancestors may have celebrated on August 1st is going to be different than what I'm noticing and celebrating here in the Pacific Northwest. And that is all well and good. The wheel is big enough to include everyone and I encourage you to make it personal to you. What I find most helpful about it is that it's a container, it's a reminder, it's a rhythm of moving through life that is absolutely in sync with and aligned with what's happening in the natural world and that is invaluable to me and I'm guessing maybe to you too. So for me this time, this Lugnasa holiday is really about the drying out. The the grass is very dry. There hasn't been much rain here. The blackberries are coming in. They have this sort of bitter sweetness this year. I feel like I'm being sort of tempered with the heat. The heat kind of just bears down really strongly this time of year. The Queen Anne's lace is coming in. So there are these organisms that are actually thriving right now. The Queen Anne's lace, the blackberries, um, these organisms that have learned uh, how to be in this in this heat and in this time of little water. For our ancestors across the Atlantic or in older times, this may have been a time of the first harvest. Again, the grains are coming in. The sun god Lug would have been uh, honored for his craftiness, his skill. It's a time of um, 
you know, the harvest is hard work. So it takes skill, it takes discernment to understand what's coming in and what it needs and when to reap it and what to do with what you've got then, right? Um, And I don't want to give too much away, but next week's episode will sort of shed light on the human relationship with grain and how it led to civilization. Um, And so this year, I'm especially conscious of the fact that while I don't want to dismiss anything that our ancestors would have done in honoring the grains and the wheats that were coming in at this time, we do now know that this was a pretty harmful trajectory for humankind and the planet that agriculture was sort of this pivotal moment or, you know, (laughs) over many, many years that has led to really the degradation of the planet and to civil, the rise of civilizations, which has led to the rise of hierarchy and uh, oppression and domination. So this holidays, August 1st, this midpoint between the summer solstice and the equinox, I'm just trying to stay really curious about what we would have done, what we might have done before agriculture to honor this time. And I can see that it was still a time of enjoying harvest that, yeah, maybe there's not the most, you know, fruit available, or maybe there aren't, you know, so many berries to forage, but can we sort of hold our hearts and breathe into the abundance that is still here and sort of stay present, even though there may be scarcity coming up around the fall or the winter, the growing season ending. So I'm thinking about themes of like generosity, how can we give more away and trust that more will come, that we will have our needs met? How can I ask spirit for the abundance that I need in my life and see what's already here? Can it be a both and that I can be with, you know, the blackberries and the Queen Anne's lace and the abundance of sunlight and daylight that's still here and honor some areas in my life where I feel like more abundance is needed. Um, And so those are some ways that I'm going to be working with this August 1st sort of mark um, or this point in the wheel of the year. And if you want to learn more about it, you can look up Lugnasa, which is spelled L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D-H. It's also known as Lamas, L-A-M-M-A-S, which is kind of the Christianized form, um, a mass of of uh, a mass honoring the grains, the bread. Um, and so you could book, look both of those things up. But some of the nutrition that I want to make out of this time is to work with the themes at the center of our lives right now. It's very easy. We all do it every day. I'm doing it. It's very easy to forget what is at the center of our lives, what gives us a felt sense of centeredness and stability and meaning, what animates us from within. The bearing down of the heat, literally, and also the heat of our lives and this culture makes it very easy to forget, to come out to the edges of our wheel and act from the edges of our lives, sort of scrounging around for whatever we can get or sort of patching holes and kind of making sense where we can, rather than coming into the very center and staying here and watching the wheel turn around us. And what, when we talk about what's at the center of our lives, it's not 
words. <laughs> I can't tell you what's at the center of your life. I can't even tell you really what's at the center of mine. It's an image. It's a feeling. It's ethereal. It's ineffable. But it gives me a felt sense in my belly of centeredness. And for you, maybe your center is more sort of up in your heart and in your chest, but it's not in your mind. We can't think our way into the center of our lives. All of us, each of us are orienting or orbiting around a central sun of meaning, what gives our lives its essence, their vitality. Maybe a word emerges, that's fine, but maybe it's best to just stick with an image, a feeling of what it is that animates your life. And I encourage you to trust that image. It could be a waterfall, it could be a sun, a star, it could be a flame, it could be a tree or a sense of rootedness. I really encourage you to trust that image that evokes something in you and that feels like it's at the center. And from that place, when we sync up with that, when we honor that and stay there, we can get new insights about where best to focus. Where do we need to attend to in the wheel of our lives or in the wheel of the year? It is also a source of great power. It's your, um, it's like a magnetic point where you can sort of meet something greater than you and pull that in and send it out into your life and, and live it. So what is at the center of your life? What animates you? What is the vital essence that is keeping you going right now? And sometimes that doesn't always line up with where we're spending our time and energy, right? Sometimes at the center of our lives is um, a sense of fear or wanting to be safe at all costs or a sense of not having enough or being enough or just pain. We might not even have words for it. And that's not, there's no problem with that. We just want to be really aware of it and understand that underneath all of that, there is some joyful, life-giving, sustained thing, energy that is at the center of you. And so often it is constrained by us. It's constrained by the containers that we make with our lives that maybe we um, keep ourselves in situations or relationships or jobs that are very limiting um, so that we don't have the space to create or live out that joyful essence. Sometimes it's limited by forces beyond our control. Maybe we live in, you know, a war-torn country where our survival is sort of top of mind day to day. Maybe we're in um, a relationship that feels or is abusive and we can't really attend to more than just the getting through. But if that's not your, if those aren't your circumstances, if you're not in real crisis right now, then I want to encourage you to make a little more space for what it is that needs to animate you and that may need to get bigger at this time of year you know, when we talk about like abundance or harvest, what more is there really than the abundance already living within us that wants to be active and activated out in the world, that wants to activate others and new opportunities, that wants to sync up with the vastness of 
the wild and the, the natural world, the rest of the natural world. And so I encourage you to get quiet for a moment and just see what that image at the center of your life might be. What is it that lives in your belly that is sort of stoking your flame from within, that has a life of its own? Some people might call it spirit or your daemon or your genius. Any word you use is fine as long as it makes sense for you, but there is something there. There is something at the center of your wheel that is guiding you, and you can come back to it at any time that you need, and it can inform what needs to flow through into the rest of your life. And to support you in doing that, if you want a little bit of guidance, I just want to share some thoughts about how the four directions, the wheel, can help you to do this and sort of make this a little bit more real and tangible in your life. So many, many traditions, so many, um, especially those indigenous traditions here in North America, um, work with the four directions, with the wheel, um, and there are lots of different names for it. I work with five directions. I think I learned that from a witch. <laughs> um, I don't know where I got it specifically, but it's sort of um, universal knowledge, I think. Um, and you can pull in the pieces that make sense to you. Chinese medicine has its own orientations and elements. And so just, you know, with respect, make this useful to you. The way that I work with it is that there are four directions and then there is spirit or the void at the center, which is the fifth direction. So we've talked already about really centering into the middle of this wheel that you are at the center of your life. And that with that, with you, there is your spirit, your soul, the great mystery that is beyond any one of us, but that is animating each of us. And so that is here at the center. It's the great crucible of life, death and rebirth, death and recreation. So that's already happening within you daily <laughs> throughout your life. And then we can sort of let that flow have a larger reach into the other areas of our lives. And we can start in the north, which I associate with the earth element. How can the spirit of you, that image, that central image, how does it want to flow into your day-to-day -day life, your stability, your resources, your body, how can that image at the center of you, the great mystery of you, flow in to support you through your winters, your times of integration and darkness and not knowing? How can the image at the core of your life flow into the way you work with your money or income, the job that you show up to do, the way that you tend to your home or the land that you live on? How does that want to speak to all of that? And then how can we turn and allow this image to flow into the east of our lives? How can it give us greater inspiration? How can it change the way we think and see? How can it lead to the dawn of opportunities, the dawn of new ways of seeing and new ways of being? How can it be a real source of strength to you as you experiment in your life and try new things and sort of step into the emergence of spring as it comes every year and also as it comes perhaps more regularly in your own life.
and then we can turn in our lives and face the south. How can the image at the core of you flow into the south of your life, into your vitality, your fire, your joy, what you do to keep warm, the closeness of your relationships, your activity, what animates you, what you create? How can it really hydrate you and push you to grow in your summers and and allow yourself to be bigger than perhaps you were told you could be or than you think you could be? How can you really allow that image to help you ground in and root out and branch out into a life that feels interesting to you and big to you and mysterious and inspiring? And then we turn again and we look to the West. How can this central image, the mystery of you, your spirit, flow into the waters in your life? How can you surrender even more? How could your psyche be changed by this image? How could your emotional body become maybe less reactive and more spacious? How could you allow this image to inform the way that time moves through your life? How can it empower you to really trust that you can surrender and become an even truer version of yourself with each autumn? And then again, we turn and face the north and the cycle is complete for now. And so if this feels helpful, I encourage you to use it as a tool. You can draw it out, write it out. You can just have it in your mind. You can turn your body, you know, in a full circle. You could make a circle design out of materials in your backyard. Whatever feels helpful, it's there to help you sort of recenter and renew your power. And in doing so, you can get even bigger in your own life. You can use the hydration that is here. It may not feel like much right now at the height of summer, but you can pull that in and and let it sort of radiate out into every other spoke of your wheel, every other area of your life. A solid wheel, a wheel that is intact and honored and tended, it can roll freely. It can go fast, right? A wheel that's sort of janky and like one spoke is broken and like there's a, you know, a huge rock in the other side, (laughs) it's going to be a bumpy ride, right? But if we can sort of face each direction in our lives and act from that center, our wheel can sort of smooth out and smooth itself out and be holistic and intact. And that doesn't mean that our lives will be perfect or that everything will make sense, but things really change. Things are much different when you're acting from the center of your life rather than out sort of at the edges trying to, you know, patch a hole in the West and then like, you know, work a kink out in the East or whatever. So if with a little bit of attendance and attention and trust, this, this exercise is here to just sort of smooth out some things in your life if that feels resonant right now. It feels hard sometimes to live from the heart, from the center. And I like to remember that the sign of Leo corresponds to the strength card in the tarot. And when we're moving through the strength card, we've been given a calling, a task, a challenge that a part of us is telling us we cannot do. We absolutely cannot face that thing or do that thing or achieve that thing. 
And a deeper part of us comes in to encourage us and say, I don't know if I can, but I'm, I'm going to try, or I will do this thing, even though I'm terrified. That's strength. It takes strength to live at that center and answer the callings that feel challenging to us. And it can be a quiet strength, like the sun, you know, the sun doesn't move, right? The earth moves. So the way that we perceive it, the way we receive it, the way that the plants, you know, can be nourished by it changes, of course. But the sun itself doesn't move. And the sunlight is sort of this permeating commitment, right? It's not, I'm not talking about strength like the wind or water or, you know, there's not this like pushing or efforting. It can just be this central, very quiet kind of vibration, this sunlight that shines through, this commitment to act from that place rather than living out at the edges of our wheels constantly being, you know, thirsty and lost and afraid, which is all so human and so natural and normal and, and totally fine. But it's well worth your time to come back into the center, into that image, to imagine your life as a wheel around you, to imagine the wheel of the year cycling even further beyond that, to imagine the planets orbiting further beyond that, to even imagine vast, great cosmic time cycling around you, around your own smaller orbits. So that's what I wanted to share with you, just a little bit of touching base in this August 1st Lugnasa Lamas time. I wish each of you so many blessings that you're already noticing a bountiful harvest with more to come. May each of you be living from the center of your life, of your wheel, putting you into synchronicity and alignment with the greater wheels that are orbiting all around you. And if you are feeling like part of your harvest right now is a calling to put in the work and discover sort of that central knowing and live that out in your working life, if you resonate with what I share here and want to go deeper with some one-on-one support, then I encourage you to check out how I work with people at the link in the show notes or wildnewwork.com. I hope you take such good care. I will be with you uh, next week with an interview. Um, So I'll see you then on the other side.